feeling in his room. Holy Spirit knows that when you have your way, something has to break. Tear down every lie, set the wrong thing right. Cause when you have your way, something has to break. Something has to break. Right now in your name, something has to break. Something has to break. Hey. Hmm. Sorry, guys. We got a little, uh, little turbulence. Okay, guys, let's get right into it. Second Corinthians, the book of Second Corinthians is what we're in today. 
Um, I had to come up early because I have a few things that I have to do this evening. So to make sure you guys get it. Second Corinthians, where we're going to start. Hold on, guys. Okay, second Corinthians. Oh man, I got the light on. I forgot to turn the light on. I'm gonna give a little background to it first. You gotta have your work study order to follow along, guys. But since this is so much information in this one, we're just gonna go over the answers. Because there's a lot of material we got to cover. So let's just go to background with it first. So here we go. While we wait on Pastor to come in. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Even though it's called second or two Corinthians in our Bibles, there are multiple clues within this letter that it's not the second thing he ever wrote to the church of ancient Corinth. Paul started this Jesus community in Corinth some time ago on one of his missionary journeys. You can read the story in the book of Acts chapter 18. And after moving on, Paul got a report that things were not going well there. So he wrote the letter that we call 1 Corinthians to correct these problems. And it appears that many in the church rejected Paul's teaching in that letter and rebelled against his authority. And so we learn in this letter that Paul had followed up in person with what he calls the painful visit. And after that, he sent a letter which he says was written with anguish and tears. And so after all these measures, most, but not all, of the Corinthians realized their arrogance and they apologized to Paul. They wanted to reconcile. And so Paul wrote this letter to assure them of his love and commitment. The letter's been designed with three main sections, each addressing a distinct topic. So Paul first finalizes his reconciliation with the Corinthians. Then in chapters 8 and 9, he addresses the topic of forgotten generosity. And in the final chapters, Paul challenges the remaining Corinthians who still reject him. Let's dive in and you'll see how it all works. So Paul opens up by thanking the God of all mercy and comfort who brought peace and encouragement to him and the Corinthians during this time of division and dispute. He acknowledges that things have been tense since this painful visit, and he makes clear he's forgiven them. He wants an open and honest relationship. But why had they rejected Paul in the first place? Well, we discover later in this letter that the Corinthians had disregarded Paul as a leader. He was poor. He earned a meager living through manual labor. He was under constant persecution and suffering. He was often homeless. And to top it off, he wasn't a very impressive public speaker. And so once the Corinthians were exposed to other more wealthy, impressive Christian leaders, they started to think less of Paul. They were actually ashamed of him. So Paul responds first by showing that their elevation of these leaders simply because of their wealth and eloquence is a betrayal of Jesus. It shows a totally distorted value system. True Christian leadership, Paul says, is not about status or self-promotion. Paul depicts himself and the other apostles as captive slaves to King Jesus, who's leading them on a procession of triumph. Paul's job isn't to be impressive, but rather to point people to the one who is. Jesus. He then alludes to the recent demand of the Corinthians that he provides some letters of recommendation to prove his authority and credentials. And this is ridiculous. 
to Paul. Their church wouldn't even exist if he hadn't started it. And so he says they are his proof of genuine leadership. They are his letter of recommendation. He cleverly quotes from the prophets Jeremiah and Ezekiel, saying that God's spirit has written his letter of recommendation on their hearts as his new covenant people. The Corinthians shouldn't need any more proof than that. Now, the mention of the new covenant, it leads Paul into a long comparison between the old covenant between God and Israel that was mediated by Moses and the new covenant between God and Corinthians mediated by Jesus and the spirit. The old covenant made at Mount Sinai, it was truly glorious. It made Moses himself shine with God's glory, but that glory eventually faded. Not to mention the fact that the laws of that covenant were ineffective at truly transforming Israel. But the new covenant, by comparison, is even more glorious because the resurrected Jesus is the very glory of God and he lives on forever. And it's his spirit that's now transforming people to become more faithful just like Jesus himself. Now this all sounds amazing. I mean, who doesn't want to share in God's own glory? But Paul goes on to show how the paradox of the cross turns upside down the Corinthians' ideas of glory and success. After all, Jesus' glorious exaltation as king took place through his suffering, execution, and death. On the cross, Jesus revealed God's salvation. He died for the sins of the world to reconcile people to God. But the cross does even more. It reveals God's character. He's a being of utter self giving, suffering love that seeks the well-being of others. The cross also reveals a new cruciform way of life. And Paul's goal is that his life and ministry imitates the cross. So although his apostolic career has been marked by humility, suffering, by poverty, it was all to serve the Corinthians. And so when they disapprove of Paul's poverty and suffering, they disapprove of Jesus too. Paul's way of life and leadership is actually the proof that he authentically represents the crucified and risen Jesus. Paul really wants to reconcile with the Corinthians, but he won't let things lie until they've been transformed and embrace this upside-down paradox of the cross. After this passionate appeal, Paul moves on to address the topic of forgotten generosity. So the Jewish Christians back in Jerusalem, they had fallen into poverty due to a famine, and Paul was raising money among the new churches that he started, full of mostly non-Jews. They would all send a relief gift as a symbol of their unity in the Messiah, Jesus. And so many of his churches, they were thrilled to give. But the Corinthians, in the midst of all this conflict with Paul, hadn't saved up for the gift. And for Paul, this isn't just about money. It's another sign that the Corinthians have not been transformed by the gospel about Jesus, which, at its heart, is a story of generosity. Paul says, You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, that even though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. He's telling the story of the gospel through financial metaphors. Jesus gave up his glorious honor, or wealth, and he lowered himself to die like a poor slave, so that other people who are impoverished through sin and death can be exalted and become wealthy through the riches of God's grace. To be a Christian is to let this story sink deep into your mind and heart, letting it transform you into someone who's more generous, more willing to share your life and resources to help others. In the final section of the letter, Paul focuses on the main source of his conflict with the Corinthians, that group of impressive leaders that he sarcastically calls super apostles. So they came to Corinth promoting themselves and bad-mouthing Paul as a poor, unsuccessful leader. And at the risk of sounding self-promoting, Paul says, do these guys really want to compare credentials? 
he can totally take them on. Are they Jewish Bible experts? Well, so is Paul. He was a Pharisee, for goodness sakes. He has the whole Bible memorized. So they want to brag about their superior knowledge of Jesus. Paul has actually seen and hung out with the risen Jesus. He's actually had visions of Jesus' heavenly throne room. But more importantly, Paul has given his entire life to the mission of Jesus. He sacrificed comfort and stability, and he never asked the Corinthians for money. Unlike the super apostles who charged a lot, Paul earned his own living. But, Paul says, he refuses to brag about these accomplishments because these aren't the things that really matter as a Christian. Instead, what he'll brag about is how flawed and how weak he is, because it's in those inadequacies that he discovers the love and mercy of Jesus. Or as Jesus once told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect through weakness. Paul concludes the letter with a sober warning to the Corinthians. They need to check themselves. Their contempt for Paul, his way of life, their love for these super apostles, it all shows that they don't grasp who Jesus is on a fundamental level. They're not living like transformed followers of Jesus, and so he invites them once again to humble themselves before the love of Jesus. 2 Corinthians gives us a really unique window into the life of Paul and the paradox set before us by the cross of Jesus. The cross challenges our values, our ways of seeing the world. We value success, education, wealth, but God values humility and weakness because his love and power were made known through the suffering, death, and the resurrection of Jesus. The cross also unleashes the transforming power and presence of the Spirit to empower Jesus' followers to take up his cruciform way of life and make it their own. And that's what 2 Corinthians is all about. Okay, hold on, guys. I want to make sure. Uh, I canceled it. Hold on a second. Sorry. I'm trying to turn this off. Alright. I think we got. All right. One second, guys. All right. So with that being said, you know, I'm going to give you guys, we got a lot to cover, so I'm just going to give you guys the answers, and then, um, hey, Destiny, Sister Destiny. Because there's so much, I mean, oh my gosh, there's so much in here that we have to go over. So, I'm going to be starting from page 142. Uh, I've seen your Gabriel shopping. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I, I, mean, I, I learned so much from your page. I'm like, man, she know how to do everything. Your nickname going to be the little hustler because that's what you be doing. Okay, so on page 141, Paul's explanation of his ministry, Paul's teaching on giving, and Paul's credentials. So this is where we're going to start from. You should have read the first page. You already heard the background of Corinthians. I played that clipping so we can go right through it. So if you look down where it says, find three reasons Paul could endure his suffering with great expectation. Um, on page 142, what was your answer? Your answer should be, it gives him an opportunity to to display the characteristic 
of Christ. Can y'all hear me? Characteristics of Christ. Problems give us opportunity to see what kind of Christian we are. So I want you guys to hashtag that. Problems give us opportunity to see what kind of Christians we are. So what we do here is we hashtag CTOM. We put it on our timeline because it helps other people try to, you know, figure out what we're talking about and help people engage and want to come to Bible study and learn more about Christ. So that's why we hashtag it. So problems give us an opportunity to see what kind of Christian we are. So I want you guys to put that in comment and hashtag it. Problems give us opportunity to see what kind of Christian we are. That's your answer. Number two says, 2 Corinthians 4 and 17, our temporary troubles are achieving for us an eternal reward if we endure them in faith. Faith is the key. Third, the third question, 2 Corinthians 5 and 1, what was y'all's answer for that? What was y'all's answers? 5 and 1 and 8. He knew that even his, excuse me, he knew that even if his earthly body were dissolved, he would go to be with the Lord. So Paul speaks of judgment seat of Christ in 510. In the book of Revelation, we are to read about the great wall, excuse me, the great white throne judgment. Describe these two judgments. What are the great walls? judgments describe them i'll give you the answer second corinthians chapter 3 verses 11 through 15 the judgment seat of christ is where christians receive their eternal rewards these various rewards are called crowns such crown of life crown of rejoicing and crown of righteousness etc the great white throne judgment in Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15. This is the judgment bar of God before whom all lost people must appear to receive their degree of eternal punishment. Help us, Jesus. Lord God, have mercy. So the, so the great white throne of judgment. All right. That's what that is. Great white throne of judgment. Paul, oh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Paul ends this section with an appeal for holy living. Paul's teaching on giving. I'm on, I'm on page 148-43. At the beginning of the chapter 8, Paul tells the church at Corinth about the generosity of the churches of Macedonia. I guess that's how you say that right. Although they were poor themselves, the Macedonians wanted an opportunity to give. They gave generously because they had first given themselves to the Lord. How do the following verses say we give? How should we give? Eight and two, we should give liberally, liberally. We freely give, basically. We should give freely, liberally, liberally. How you say it should give? Next, we should give according to what we have received. We should give according to what we have received. 
received. We should give bountifully and generously. Okay? We should give cheerfully. Nine and seven should be cheerfully. Cheerfully. We should give generously and bountifully. So we need to give freely, generously, and cheerfully. Okay? So what promise is made to the generous giver? To the generous giver. What promise is made? What did you guys get for that? Those. Okay. Those who give generously shall reap generously. So those. Who give generously shall reap generously. So if you give generously, kindly, out of your heart, really mean that. The Bible says you will reap that back generously. Amen. And I told y'all, I told y'all this week what happened, what happened to us. I gave, we gave uh, a seed out to a young lady. Um. The Lord gave us the amount, and we did just that, and then it came back to us generously, unexpectedly. So, be obedient and give generously. If you're able to be a blessing, be a blessing. Um, okay, we need to add here in Matthew twenty twenty three, Jesus endorses endorses the Old Testament method of giving. What is it? Uh oh, y'all ain't gonna want to hear this. Uh oh. Tithing. <laughs> he says, okay, so what is it? Hold on. What 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 what? What needs to be added here in Matthew twenty, twenty three? Jesus endorsed the old testament method of giving. What is it? And it says hold on. What is it? Okay, hold on, set it back. Thank you for the light. Uh, problems give us opportunities to see what type of Christian we are. Yep. Hashtag CTOM. Good looking out. Thank you for putting that in there. One second. I got a little ahead of myself here. Um, I'm sorry. One second, guys. Those who give generously shall reap. That was 6 and 38. Oh, yeah. Duh. I'm so dumb. Okay, I said I said the answer it's tidy, but I thought something else went there. Sorry, my bad. So it's tidy. We need to add here that in Matthew twenty twenty three, Jesus endorsed the Old Testament method of giving, and what it what is it? Tidy. Okay. Tidy. Tidy. Okay. Next page. We're on page one forty four, the last one. Okay. We got a lot to cover, so that's why I want to just not go through the whole thing, read the whole thing. You should read that on your time. You can go back over it. Jeez, y'all slammed the door so hard. You guys probably heard that. <laughs> the last section of this letter involves Paul's defense of the apostolic ministry. Some had charged that Paul was bold in his writings but was weak in person. To refute the personal attacks on him, Paul's attention some of his suffering for the sake of Christ. List six ways Paul suffered. 
Okay, number one, he suffered stripes or flogging. Or flogging. Now, let me hurry up. Let me. Pastor Mark was flogging. Like the water thing. Huh? Flogging. Anybody know what flogging is? Help me out because I almost forgot. I'm going to look it up. Flogging. F L O. I think it's the water flogging. Wait. Okay, whipped with a stick. Thank you, Pastor. So, what stripes or flogging means he's been whipped. The next one is prison. This is how he suffered. List six ways Paul suffered. He was whipped. He went to prison. He was beaten with a rod. Hmm. Man, could you imagine? He was stoned, shipwrecked, shipwrecked, okay? Shipwrecked. S-H-I-P, wrecked. I don't know how that comes across on the air. I want to make sure that doesn't sound like something else. <laughs> Number six would be various other perils or dangers so any other various it says various other perils or dangers so he went through all that um stripes and flogging prison beaten with a rod he was stoned he was shipwrecked and many various other ways of danger in chapter 12 paul speaks of a thorn in his flesh three times paul prayed and asked the lord to remove this thorn in his flesh and god said no nope we must learn that God always answers prayers, but sometimes the answer is no. So what I'm going to have you guys do with that one, hashtag it. Yeah, Destiny, I, I want to make sure it sounded right. I want you guys to hashtag and put it on your post line on Facebook. We must learn that God always answers prayers, but sometimes the answer is nope, no. Okay, so hashtag that. Sister Jamie probably get on here a little bit. She'll probably hashtag him too, I swore. Okay, we must learn that God always answers prayer, but sometimes the answer is no. God answers, God's answer to Paul's request regarding the thorn is found in 12 and 9. Explain what it means. It is through our weakness, here's the answer. It is through our weakness that God demonstrates his power and, excuse me, and strength. So, hashtag this too. It's through our weakness that God demonstrates his power and strength. It's through our weakness that God demonstrates his power and strength. Okay? Weakness, power, and strength through our weakness. That's good, isn't it? The last section here. Second Corinthians 13 and 5 says, Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith, prove your own selves. Paul emphasizes in, the let, in this letter that each of us should know ourselves and make sure of our faith so that we will not be Excuse me, God. So we shall not be deceived. 
The letter closes with one of the most beautiful benedictions found anywhere in the Bible. And it reads, 13 and 14, The grace of the Lord, Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you. Amen. So it reads, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you. Amen. So that's how he closes that out. Let me read it again. This letter closes with one of the most beautiful benedictions. Okay, what is benediction? Can somebody tell me, Pastor? Can somebody tell me what benediction is? Sister Destiny, you know what benediction is? Or you say, okay, it's time for the benediction. What does it mean? I'll give you a moment to put it in the chat. Benediction. What does that mean? You know, you heard that a lot in church and God in Christ. Benediction. So the benediction right, a service in which the congregation is blessed with the blessed sacrament held merely in the at the end, you know, at the end, they say, okay, it's time where everybody still rise, others bestowing a blessing, especially at the end of the religious service. That's why I say religious service. End of service. Closing out. Okay. In, in my home church, we stood up for the benediction, and um, we sing together, and the pastor would pray over us, and then uh, he would lead us out. Doo, doo, doo. We had a theme, little song, you know, worship song, and he would speak over our lives during the week. Amen. So on tonight, I'm going to ask, we're going to close now. We're going to ask Sister Destiny if she would like to give us a benediction, a blessing. You can get a beast from where, um, until we meet again, may the Lord be in hand, be with you. May he increase, may he put a hedge of protection around you. You know, something like that. That's right, Pastor. That's the benediction. Pastor's here. He's eating his, Pastor's eating his food. So the benediction. In Jesus' name. Oh, wait. Here's a, here. <laughs> hey, babe, I'm going to take them, I'm going to take them back to the benediction we did. I'm, I'm, this is the old, this is our old, yes, first church. Yes. Give us the benediction. I'm going to read it out in front of everybody. Uh, hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll give y'all our old one. Hold on. I'm going to pull it up. Mm. Oh, y'all going to laugh. This is what we used to say at our outreach in Hagerstown. Let me see if I can pull it up here real quick. Oh, my gosh. Y'all are going to laugh. Our kingdom, power, and glory forever. Hold on. Hold on. I'm trying to get it, guys. Give me one second. You guys are going to laugh. It's in my old file here. Okay, let me see. It's still here. Oh, man, I want to 
have to say this or that. Um, I don't know if I have it still. But it was a blessing that we did. <laughs> and Pastor Mark would just be like, really, Autumn? Really? And we used to stand up and we would sing it together. But it's really uh, traditional. Oh, man. Uh, uh, hold on. Hold on, guys. Oh, man, I hope I can find it. Okay. The Lord bless us and keep us. Lord, make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. The Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace this day and night and forever. Amen. Yeah, that, that's, that's music. It's on the money, though. That's a good one. That's a good one right there. Yeah, we remember that one back in the day. Thank you. So she just spoke the benediction over us and then i'm gonna find real quick hold on give me a second bear with me hold on i'm gonna look it up hold on i'm looking it up here in my file because i want y'all to hear this benediction this is crazy Mark, Pastor Mark used to be so upset with me with this song. We used to sing this. If I could get it up out my file, I'm trying to find it. Because it's been about words. Oh, man. This is huge. Hold on. Let me see if this is it, guys. Oh, Lord. Yeah, Jude, Jude one twenty four, I believe it is. Hold on, Sister Destiny, you hear this, you're gonna be laughing. You're like, oh my God, y'all used to say that all the time. You're like, what? Um, oh, if I could bring it up, if I can't get it, I'm gonna bring it up on later on. Hold on. My internet's a little slow, guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, let me see if this is it. You guys are going to lie. This is the benediction song that they... Remember the benediction song we used to do at our outreach in Hagerstown? You'd be like, really? <laughs> you're like, oh, gosh, you're, you're like, oh, my gosh. Okay, guys, let me see if this is it. Connected. Oh, oh. Okay, hold on. You guys are gonna laugh. To him who is able to keep. <laughs> that ain't it, but that's one of them, guys. Oh my gosh, hold on, let me see if I can find it. Oh, here it is. Oh, here it is. Oh, she's got it. All right, I found it in my file, guys. And I'm gonna end out on this. But seriously, this is what we used to say in, in Hagerstown. My husband was like, Oh, babe, really? Like, it's really old school, but this is it. This is what you just said. This is what the Lord gave me. I said, babe, this is what we got to do. Okay, hold on, guys. I think it skipped it. Hold on. Come pulling it up. All right. The benediction. Okay. Jude, chapter 1. This is it. 25. And then we're leaving. 
upon us and give us peace this day and night forevermore. Amen. Thank you for hanging out with us, Sister Destiny. Hashtag those, post them up so I can share them. Um, those that you missed it will catch the replay because normally I come on at 7 o'clock but I got to step out for a second. So 7 o'clock, I normally come on but I had to come on really quickly and I didn't read through all of it for the sake of so much information that we had to fill in. Um, so next week we'll start if you want the lesson, get the lesson off on me Sunday. You have to remind me now. Don't wait till Thursday because I'll forget like I did today. Um, get the lesson off of me on Sundays, and that way you'll have it Sunday to Wednesday to study and fill in your answers. Okay, guys? So the next book we're starting will be Galatians and Ephesians, one of some of my favorite books of the Bible. So what you need to do in the meantime is start reading Ephesians and Galatians. And then if you want the study guide for next week, direct message us and we'll send it to you. I stopped doing Bible study on Facebook because it's just too many people just in and out and it's a distraction. So um, I only want to deal with those who really want to learn and get the information. If you've been learning so far, 
uh, put some hearts on if you could have a good time on the podcast yesterday and today and forevermore. Uh, that's what we wanted you to do. You guys get um, all the information that you need, that you need, so you guys will be equipped for the ministry and the call and your journey and your walk with the walk with the Lord. So next week we have a lot of information to fill in too, a lot of material. Ooh, Lord, it's a lot, a lot next week. We're almost closing up, okay, guys. So we got, we're on page one fifty, and when we get to two hundred twenty-one, we're done with this study. And then you get a certificate only if you went through the whole Bible study. If you was with us the whole time, you get the certificate stating that you um, that you went through the 52-week lesson of the Bible. So we're going to come back and revisit this again. So if you missed it this time, we will do that. It's important that you have that. So people know, okay, you went through the whole Bible. You went through a Bible study. You have it. You have your certificate. People, you know, those who just caught the end part. We'll probably give you something else um, long as you're here and you don't miss. Um, even if you catch the replays, that counts as a not, you know, not, an, you know, as an absent. You've been here. So it's important. And if you need the book, um, direct message us and we'll give you the link where you can get this book because it's really good to have this workbook to have. Even if you want to preach from it, teach from it, if you want to go back on a reference because it's not so intense where it's overwhelming. You know how people say, oh, we're going to go through the whole Bible, and it's so overwhelming? This is not overwhelming. He makes it very simple and plain for you to understand and to go through. So, love you. She gave the benediction. Until next time, we will see you on Thursday, next week for Bible study, and on Sunday at 11 o'clock with Pastor Mark. Make sure you tag five people and share. And we love you guys, and we'll be praying for you. Thank you, Sister Destiny, for sharing all your uh, uh, that's business tips. It really works, and the goodwill stuff. I didn't know anything about that. I was looking at today. I was like, oh wow, that's what's up. So we thank you. Thank you for always there, being there with us and supporting us. We appreciate it. And uh, just remember, guys, be a cheerful giver. Give out of your heart. Know that God sees what you're doing. As long as you have good intention, a good heart, He will bless you in Jesus' name. Okay. So I love you guys. Until we meet again. And all prayer requests have been given um, to Pastor, and we have been praying over everyone and their families and all the requests. So we want you to know that. So have a good night, guys. Rest in the Lord. In Jesus' name. Love you all.